because we've we have like most of the Averwaste books that I've read have either been fantasy novels or have been coming of age novels. Um, and I sort of wanted to write something that was just like fun and exciting because that's what I really liked reading as a kid and I wanted to see more of it. You are listening to the 19th episode of Try Reading. Exciting. Joining me on the podcast today is the wonderful Anne Zhao. Anne is a writer, a college student, and the proponent of the Oxford comma. When she's not writing, her stories are studying for her linguistics classes or editing articles for her college newspaper. You can find her curled up with a book or trying to be funny on social media. Anne's debut novel, Dear Wendy, is set to be published by Fywell and Friends in winter of 2024. Overall, Anne is just such an inspiring person, and I can't believe I get the pleasure of talking with her today. How are you, Anne? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast and uh, to talk about your book. I'm so excited. I always start the podcast out with the question, what is your current read? So I'm currently reading a few different books right now. I just got started with the audiobook of The Loophole by Naz Kutub. Um, and it's been really, really fun so far. It's about a boy who um, essentially like gets a few random wishes granted by like this mysterious person who shows up in his life. Um, and he's like also trying to get over his ex and it's just like a, a very like lovely YA contemporary novel with a bit of like a fantasy element to it. Um, I'm also in the middle of reading, oh God, what's the title? Um, Curse of the Forgotten City by, by Alex Astor. Um, I went to her book signing for Lightlark um, in my hometown Um way back when she was on tour um, last month. And it was really fun to see her. Um, I still haven't read Light Lark, but I am reading her middle grade books and they're really fun so far. Um, and I'm also in the middle of A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe, which comes out next month. And it is so good so far. It's just like, her writing style just I feel like keeps on getting better with every book and uh this book is just really like it's a lot more literary than I expected it to be and it's like very con contemplative about everything um and I think that's everything I'm reading unless you count like my my textbooks from my classes well those are all such wonderful books and I'm so jealous you got to read an arc of a scatter of light and that's amazing. And you got to see Alex Astor on tour. I was super fortunate. I've talked about Light Lark a lot on this podcast, and I was really fortunate to get an arc of it. And it's a really, really good book. So if you post about it on social media or anything, I will be excited to hear what you think. Um, I am currently reading Lark and Chasm Start a Revolution, which is by Case and Calendar. And that comes out just a couple of weeks from this recording. It comes out on September 27th. So when this releases, it will have been out for just a couple of days. But um, it is about a high schooler and their former best friend posts something about their crush on social media, but on the main character's social media, and it gets all tangled up. 
And so Lark has to cover up for their former best friend and explain that no, you know, sort of hide and um, explain that it was their crush and sort of live this lie in school and it takes a toll on their mental health. And so it's kind of about living your truth and um, starting a revolution in a way. Um, but I'm at the very beginning and it's very good. Um, and then I always have to give two little shout outs or today I have two little shout outs of upcoming books from authors on this podcast. And one is Blackmail in Bibinga by Mia P. Manansala, which releases on October 4th. And um, that's the third book in her Tito Rossi's Kitchen Mystery series. And I am so excited. I pre-ordered it. I can't wait to read it. And it's so good. And another mystery is The Plot and the Pendulum, which is by Jen McKinley. That is the 13th book in her Library Lovers mystery series. And that comes out on October 11th. So both wonderful, wonderful mystery authors for Halloween and for mystery season. If you read your books in the fall, your mystery books. Um, so if you're interested in those books, definitely check them out. Have you always loved books and writing and reading? Um, I grew up reading books all the time, I think. Um, I, I think my parents have told me when I was really little, I would read some picture books so many times that I would just memorize the entire text of it and be able to recite the whole thing. Um, and growing up, I read lots and lots of books. I would reread some of my same favorite books over and over again um, to the point where like I could tell you the entire plot of an, a, like a chapter book. Um, yeah, I so I've been reading for a really long time and I... In middle school, I think, was when, like, reading peaked as a hobby for, like, people my age, because pretty much everybody that I knew also read lots of books, and I would be able to talk about them and connect with them because of these things. Um, but I never stopped reading like everybody else did. I just, like, kept on reading books. I think that at this point in my life, I've been reading YA books for, like, half of my life. Um, so... Like it's it's always been a very important part of my life. Um, but writing actually didn't come about until like late in middle school as a hobby. I would just write like cute little short stories that didn't make any sort of sense um, on my own when I felt like it. Um, and I kind of continued writing weird short stories whenever I had time, which was not very often when I was in high school. I think I probably would have tried to write a novel much earlier if I had had like even two hours extra per per week, um, but I didn't. Um, and it was only when I was a senior in high school um, when everything shut down because of the pandemic that I finally had time to like sit and think about story ideas that I had. And so like early 2020 was when I started writing in earnest. I know talking to many of these people and authors on the podcast, the quarantine times were very popular for just writing and just getting everything out there. And um, in your, whether in your middle grade years or very early on growing up, was there a specific book you remember really loving? 
Oh yeah. I loved the Percy Jackson series and the um, other books by Rick Riordan that were about the same characters. Um, I just was such a big fan of the, like, the intricate storytelling in there um the way also the sense of humor was really engaging and I just overall really really love those books I started reading them kind of late actually I was in um I was in sixth grade when I started reading the Percy Jackson books which I think most people started reading them most people my age started reading them when they were in like third or fourth grade but I haven't gotten there yet somehow like I don't know what happened, but eventually I caught on and it became one of my favorite series. Um, yeah, that was, I, I mean, I also really liked the Harry Potter books at the time, but now looking back on it, I obviously recognize that Harry Potter is a deeply flawed and problematic story written by an even more deeply flawed and problematic author. So I don't really talk about it anymore, but I do have a lot of knowledge about Harry Potter from when I was reading it at age 11 or so. Um, those are probably the main ones. Let me think. I also, when I was, when I was really young, um, like, like maybe seven years old or so, my favorite book series was The Babysitter's Club. Um, those books just, they're so formulaic actually, but they're also adorable and they teach a lot of really good life lessons to kids I think um and I it made me want to be a babysitter but then by the time I got up to like babysitting age I was already over it um yeah I think those are the main ones um I think in high school my favorite books were probably the Heartstopper books by Alice Oseman um because I started reading them pretty early in high school before they were at all popular in the mainstream media. Um, and it's been really amazing watching the growth of that series. Um, and also hilarious that it's like impossible to find a copy of some of her books right now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how some of Alice Oseman's books are just unavailable in so many stores. <laughs> And Percy Jackson, too. Oh, that was such a good series. And now with the... The TV new... show! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's from the little clip they released. Um, it's very exciting. Yeah, so those are all such wonderful books. From what, it's, from what you said and from what it sounds like, you didn't always necessarily want to be a writer. It wasn't a direct passion. Um, was there a specific point where you sort of had this epiphany, maybe, or this realization? Um, so I think it was probably around like my senior year of high school um, when I started thinking, oh, I should write a book, like a full length book. And I was doing it just for fun, just to see if I could do it. Um, and it was only after I had finished the first draft of like an actual book, which will never see the light of day, by the way, it's not a good book, but um, it was only after I finished the first draft of that that I started seriously considering um, whether I could be an author. And honestly, it was only like after I got an agent and a book deal that I really thought that this could be like my main career at all. Um, because up until that 
that point, I sort of thought, oh, this is just going to be like a side hobby and nothing's going to come of it. Or like if anything actually happens, I'm probably going to get like $2. Um, so yeah, it was probably around then that I started to like seriously consider it. Um, but it was after I finished the first draft of my first book that I thought, oh, I could be an actual author someday. Well, look at you now. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. And so your debut novel, Dear mm -hmm. Wendy, as said before, is set to be published in winter of 2024. From what has been released so far, Dear Wendy, which is a YA novel, follows Wellesley College first years, Sophie Chi, she, her, and Joe Efron, she, they, both of these students have anonymous relationship advice accounts on Instagram and feud over who gives the best tips, only to meet in real life and discover they both identify as aromantic and asexual, a rarity, even at their diverse liberal arts college. From even just the little bits that were given out, I'm very, very excited for this book, and I cannot wait to hold a copy in my hands and I can see a spot for it on my shelves already, and I'm so excited. Um, but for you, when was, when did the inspiration come to you? Oh, okay. I actually have like a full story behind this. Um, I earlier in on the day that I had gotten the idea for Dear Wendy, I had sent the first query for my first book, which again, will never see the light of day. Um, but that night, as I was like about to fall asleep, it just like hit me all of a sudden, like, what if I wrote about an Averroes person giving love advice? Because I, in full honesty, I had just recently read Perfect on Paper by Sophie Gonzalez, which is about a bisexual girl who's giving love advice to her high school through like a locker um, that's been abandoned. And um, I thought it would be a very fun twist to have someone who can never experience these sorts of things giving advice about it. And I, I just like got out of bed in a daze and like wrote it on a scrap of paper and then went right to sleep. And then like the next morning it was like, did that actually happen? <laughs> um, and it was like on that scrap of paper. I don't know if I still have it, um, but I, from there, I, I texted my friend and I was like, do you think that this could be something? And she was like, yeah, I think this, this would be a great idea. And we brainstormed a little bit of it together. Um, and then like, it just evolved into what Dear Wendy eventually became, um, which was two Averroes people giving love advice. Um, and one of them giving sort of questionable advice sometimes, um, or at least funny advice. And um, I decided to make it set at Wellesley because I thought that it would be fun to do a college setting, but I also did not want to set it at a college that I hadn't gone to. And I was also too lazy to come up with a new college on my own, um, which is that's like a popular thing for authors to do is just make up a school. But um I was like, why not just go fully Wellesley with this? Um, because we've got a lot of anonymous Instagram accounts that do a lot of various things. Um, I'm not sure if I should name them because like, I don't want people finding all of them, but we have like, we have an account where someone just posts like pictures of what soup the dining hall has. And like, we have an account where 
um, people can post crush confessions, but they're never actual crush confessions. It's always like, I love my friends. <laughs> um, and it's just very, very fun. And I thought that it would be fun to write a book about an account like that, that causes like actual drama on campus. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, like while I was supposed to be studying for finals or whatever, instead I was just um, coming up with Dear Wendy and like writing the first draft of it. Um, like I, I got put into isolation because one of my friends got COVID and I just like wrote thousands of words of Dear Wendy when I was supposed to be like at home um, for Christmas break. And yeah, eventually I had a full draft of it. Wow. Well, I think it also helps too with the college experience of you were, you, or you are at this college. So you're able to know what it's like and really describe it well. And um, that's definitely, I'm sure it has helped and it's going to help when readers read it. Um, yeah. So you started working on this and how long would you say it took for the book to be picked up by a publisher? What was that process like? So that was an interesting process because I think it went a lot faster for me than it does for the average debut author. Um, it took me about three months to finish a draft of Dear Wendy, um, like a full first draft. And then it took me about five months to edit it with the feedback from some various rounds of beta readers. I think I did like three rounds of readers. Um, I feel so bad for my friends that I subjected to the first draft of this book because like <laughs> some of the characters in that one don't even exist anymore. <laughs> and the, the plot was just a mess. But um, so eight months from when I came up with the book was when I got an agent. Um, I started sending my queries of Dear Wendy to literary agents in early August while I was on, um, vacation with my family, actually. And, um, it, it was actually in the middle of my drive home when I didn't have service that, um, I first got an email from an agent saying that they wanted to get on the phone with me. I didn't see it until I got home and then I like screamed, um, but it all happened really fast, like within the course of like that family vacation, which is extremely unusual for most debut authors who have to query agents for months or even years before they get anybody. Um, and so I worked on editing Dear Wendy with um, Jennifer, who is my agent now, um, from September through November. Um, so two months of even more editing. And then at that point, it was ready for submission. But the publishing industry kind of shuts down around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, so it was a really bad time. And so we waited until January. And that was when she sent it to publishers. And I think it took about like a little over a month after she first sent it out to a batch of editors that we heard back from my editor now um, saying that she wanted to pick it up. Um, so from conception of the book to getting an offer from Macmillan, I think that was like 14 and a half months, if I'm doing the math right. Well, that's 
Incredible. And yeah, for, I think, you know, a young debut author to be able to have this book picked up so fast. And um, that's wonderful, though. And congratulations. Thank you. And yeah, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> to read it. And um, for you, what are you most excited for for when this book releases? Oh, gosh. Um, I am very excited to see it in like schools and libraries because growing up, that was where I got all of the books I read pretty much. Uh, I didn't start like buying books for myself until I was like 13 or so. Um, and I think that it will just be very magical to be able to see like a book that I wrote um, being read or like being offered to kids who are the age that I once was. Um, and yeah, I, I'm very excited. Um, if my middle school English teachers are still around at the same school, I think one of them is still there. Um, it would be great to see the book in on their shelves. Um, I don't know. That's that's probably what's going to hit the hardest for me. Um, it, just having physical copies of it at all would be nice. Because um, right now, um, the only time I've ever been able to like hold Dear Wendy in my hands has been when I printed it out on printer paper to like look over the whole book to make sure it was fine before I sent it back off. Well, I can only imagine. What for you is most important currently or even was when you started writing it about telling Sophie and Joe's story? Oh gosh. Um, well, as soon as I narrowed down that I wanted it to be like a friendship story between two Avery Rice characters, I think what's been most important about writing this is just showing that like Aeroace people exist and are like normal people who are out in the world and um I don't know I also wanted to tell like a slightly different story from what I had already read although I I can't say that my book is like a hundred percent different from every other Aeroace book that's ever come out right but but I wanted to add to the variety of it um, to have more characters of color, to have more um, representation of different experiences instead of one character's experience, because um, this is a dual POV book. Um, and I also kind of wanted to write like a rom-com without the romance, which is sort of what this ended up being. Because um, we have we have like, most of the Aeroace books that I've read have either been fantasy novels or have been coming of age novels. Um, and I sort of wanted to write something that was just like fun and exciting because that's what I really liked reading as a kid. And I wanted to see more of it. It's true about fantasy and um, coming of age books being the primary source of Aeroace characters. And I mean, I love those books. Of course. So yeah. But to have, like you said, the rom-com without the romance is, it would be nice to have that. So I'm glad you've been able to craft that. What do you hope your readers will take away from reading this book? Um. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like I just want 
readers to well readers who share the identities of my main characters I'd like them to be able to see themselves in more characters in books because for me um when I read um like Loveless by Alice Oseman for the first time I think I might have just like started crying because of how deeply it resonated with me um and I don't know if my book is a real tearjerker or anything but I do want people to be able to see themselves in more YA characters um even more than already exist like you said just so that readers are able to see themselves is so important in Mm -hmm. all types of books and I am so excited as I continuously say to read this book and for others to read this book and to read about Sophie and Joe's experiences. Are you able to share any little small <laughs> updates or news? I know we sort of talked about this, but. <laughs> um. Yeah, I actually like legitimately don't have any news about it right now. <laughs> like not that much is going on because I just finished my first round of edits like two weeks ago. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this, but a cover is in progress, I think. Um, I'm actually not exactly sure what the details on that are, but I know I got an email asking about cover ideas. So um, that will happen at some point. Um, Usually covers aren't revealed until about six to 12 months before a book comes out. So it's gonna be like a long time. Like I don't even know the month that my book is supposed to come out, but um stuff is happening like it is going to become a real book it's nice to see that the ideas are forming and gears are turning and Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah just the fact that it will be published I'm sure is so exciting and surreal looking back could you have ever imagined being where you are now and having your debut novel coming out oh absolutely not um I sort of pictured that I would just have like a regular college experience and I don't know, like get a job afterwards. Um, I didn't actually really know what I wanted to go into until pretty late in high school um, when I learned that linguistics was a field that existed. Um, And I'm still planning, as of right now, I'm still planning on going to grad school for linguistics and possibly going into research afterwards. It just kind of depends on like how I feel about writing and whether it can sustain me as a career in the long term, because right now I don't know if that'll be the case. Um, It kind of depends on how many books I can write in a year and how much publishers are willing to pay for it. But yeah, I definitely couldn't have imagined where I am now because I didn't even really consider writing as any sort of career until the last two or three years or so. Well, what an amazing experience now. And um, yeah, I'm just, it's so cool to see you talking about this and as someone who loves to write and has always thought about writing novels just to see you talking about it and the ideas forming and editing is it's just also cool what is one piece of advice that you might give to 
an aspiring writer or someone in the writing world? Hmm. I would say not to take anything too seriously. Um, I think this applies to a lot of different things. Um, drama on social media should not be taken too seriously um, because no one cares. At the end of the day, unless someone is doing something deeply harmful to somebody else, um, no one cares. Uh, another thing that's applicable to is um, don't take writing too seriously. Um, if you get all up in your head about how you're never going to be a success or you're not uh, writing as fast as everybody else that you see online or you think that your story ideas aren't good enough or whatever, or if you spend way too much time scrolling through the Reddit writing subreddit and you're like, oh, this is hopeless, there are too many other authors don't take it too seriously. Do it just for yourself before you start considering if you want other people to see it. Because um, eventually you'll get to a point where other people will start to see it and it's also not fun. So um, if you make the parts that can be fun more fun, it's better for your mental health. I think, I mean, there's a lot of drama in the writing community that doesn't even reach uh, readers either. And um, it's important to learn to differentiate what is important to talk about and what's not. Um, for example, there are a lot of discussions about privilege in publishing that get quickly derailed by people um, making jokes of it or just uh, attacking the author blindly without really stopping to consider why we're talking about this at all. Um, and that's irritating. And it also doesn't help anyone. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your advice. And Of course. What for you, and it could be anything throughout this entire experience, or even something you're excited for, maybe what has been the best experience of this mm. process? I think it's been really fun to see strangers just be excited about Dear Wendy. Um, it's been a little weird for sure, because um, I, it, for so long, I was on the side of the internet where I was getting very, very excited about things. And so for people to get very, very excited about the, a thing I did, is very surreal um and it's been it's been really interesting i've also really loved just making dear wendy better with other people's feedback um because it it takes a village to make any form of media and that includes books and um incorporating ideas from my friends or my agent and my editor it's just made the book so much better already and I am really thankful um that I've been able to experience all that and that it's been a good experience for me it is so exciting to see all of the news and I know what you mean because I'm on that side of seeing all these author updates or this is being made into an adaptation or this is 
you know, so-and-so is getting another book deal. And yeah, so I'm glad that has been so exciting for you. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing all of these wonderful stories. Of course. And I will definitely be counting down the days, even though we don't have an exact release date, I will be counting down the days until Dear Wendy releases. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Of course, and I so enjoyed this as well. And it's just made me even more excited for the book. And so if you would like to say whether website or social media, it will be linked below. But if you'd like to say, where can the listeners find you? Yeah, um, my social media accounts are all the same username for Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at Anjao underscore. Um, I don't post as often on TikTok as I used to because I have a screen time limit on it now. <laughs> um, but I, I'm around and I would love to connect with readers. Um, it's, it's, that's where you can find me. Um, my website is also, it's anjowrites at, uh, dot com. I think it's just that, anjowrites.com. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where else can you find me? Technically, I have a Tumblr. Don't follow me there. <laughs> um, you won't be able to find me, probably. Um, that's about it. Well, as always, those will be linked down below. And thank you to everyone for listening. And as always, you can rate the podcast, subscribe, give it a follow, do whatever you can do on the platform that you're listening on. And if you leave a review, it helps spread the word and get people to know about these amazing books and amazing authors. And and I hope to have you back on the podcast, maybe once Dear Wendy re releases and to talk about even more, once more can be said and people can read it. And everybody can go add Dear Wendy on Goodreads right now. It's linked below. And then get to read it once it releases but thank you again Anne so much for joining me I had such an amazing time it was wonderful to talk to you